have made. Lord, I thank you for your presence here this morning. I thank you that you're here ministering to each person, Lord. And I pray that as I speak, it will be your words, Lord. Lord, it will be your spirit speaking through me. And Lord God, that you will reveal what you want to reveal through my words to each and every person here, Lord God. And may you be glorified, Lord. In everything I say, in every thought that we have this morning, may you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. So Giles asked me to share what was on my heart this morning. So anyone who's listened to me before knows it's usually about overseas missions, which is always on my heart. But this morning, I'm not going to speak about that. Um, It is still on my heart, but it's not what I'm going to talk about this morning. Um, I struggled with the title, It Is Well, Peace, but I, I settled on the very catchy, you're through the storm but confused and disappointed. What now? <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue, but it kind of covers what I'm going to talk about. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to talk to you that the Lord has been taking me on, and I'm sure many of you will be able to relate to it. Um, I hope it will help and encourage any of you who have had similar experiences to me. And I hope it challenges all of us to really examine what we believe and how we can stand firm in our doubt. So I want to start by telling you about some dreams that I had earlier this year, some actual sleeping dreams. Now, some dreams are just boring, aren't they? You don't really remember them. Some dreams are plain weird. You think, (laughs) that can go away. Um, But some dreams are significant. You know when you've had a significant dream and you know when you need to ponder on it and consider it and pray about it and see what the Lord wants to reveal to you through dreams. God speaks through dreams, doesn't he? And we need to know how to pray into them and just listen to to what the Lord is telling us through our dreams. Sometimes, if you're a bit like me, you're not always listening to God in the daylight hours. So God's like, well, if you're not going to listen to me in the day, then I'll speak to you in the night. (laughs) And you can't ignore me then. We'll come on to that. At the beginning of this year, I had a very, very vivid dream. I was walking through my house in Laos, out to the porch at the front. And as I approached that porch, there were three massive tornadoes coming towards me, coming towards our house. I've never seen a tornado in my life. England and Laos don't really get tornadoes, do we? But there were these three absolutely massive tornadoes. And they were big, they were violent, and they were casting darkness on everything around me. But I kept walking towards them until I got right to the edge of the porch, And this, I was literally nose to nose with this tornado. And I reached out and I grabbed a piece of it. And you know when you're in a, you've got a bubble bath and there's a whole mound of bubbles and you can break a piece off and it's just light and airy. It's exactly what happened with this tornado. I broke off a piece of these bubbles and it just kind of drifted off in the wind. And I did it again and it happened again. Even though it was raging and blowing and stormy, it it was just bubbles. And I went through to the back of our house, to the back door, another one, trying to sneak in through the back door. But it was the same. It was just made of bubbles. So I woke up, and I was just thinking about this when Natalie, one of my little girls, ran through. And she said, Mummy, I've just had a really weird dream about a tornado. I said, oh, have you? (laughs) What happened? She said, there was a huge tornado coming up to the front of our house. I said, oh, were you scared? She said, no, of course not. I just shut the door and went inside with Daddy, and he kept me safe. And I was like, all right then. So sent them all off so I could pray. Prayed about them and just... Um, I'll get this in the right order. Um, so I prayed about them and I really felt God say there were storms coming. 
this year. There were big storms coming, but, and they would feel really violent and dark, but they couldn't harm me, just like that, those bubbles. They would seem huge, but they were actually they were harmless to me. And my strategy was to get inside and stay close to the Father, and he would keep me safe. Just as Natalie wasn't afraid, she shut the door, went inside with Daddy, and didn't fear a thing. That was to be my strategy, inside with the Father, stay close to him, and allow him to get me through this. Well, since then, <laughs> had a bit of a year of storms, to be honest. There's been mental, spiritual, physical storms throughout the year that have really, really battered me. And of course, I've been hit with the shock death of my father. Who I know many of you loved as well. So, there are so many brilliant sermons preached which focus on getting through the storm. And they're excellent sermons. You know, they tell you, teach you how to stay strong, how to allow God to carry you, how to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, how to stay full of faith, how to make it to the other side. And they're really, really important teachings. We need those teachings, don't we, to get through the storms. We absolutely need them. We need to learn how to be anchored in our faith. We need to learn how to be anchored in Jesus. We need to learn how to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus so we won't be shaken when everything around us is violently being tossed around. In verse 27, sorry there's no scriptures. You won't be surprised to hear I wasn't on time with my scriptures <laughs> earlier in the week. Um, but I love Matthew 14:27 in the New Living Translation where Jesus says to the disciples when he walks to them on the water, when they're fearful for their lives, he just says, don't be afraid, take courage. I am here. It's like, it's like I, I'm here. Have you, have, you, have you missed the fact that I'm here? Why on earth would you be scared? Why would you be terrified? I'm here. If only you knew what I could do. If only you knew what I'm capable of, then you would just be sleeping. You'd be sleeping through this. Um, so yes, they're absolutely vital for our Christian walk to remain rooted and grounded in our faith. But I find that the implication with these sermons, these brilliant sermons, is often that when you've stayed strong, you've allowed God to carry you through, you've kept your eyes fixed on Jesus, you get to the other side of the storm, you breathe a big sigh of relief because you've made it and everything's good. However, I'm sure we all know, don't we, that sometimes we go for an outcome. Our faith is strong, our faith is set, but when we actually make it through the violent part of the storm, we don't get the outcome we believed for. Has anyone been in that place? where you've trusted and you've believed and you've stood on your scriptures, you've really, really been through a time of it, and at the end, it's completely different to how you thought it would be. And we end up disappointed. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say we're, we're disappointed. We're hurt. We're confused. We don't understand it. We did everything the Bible said. So where do we go with this? What do we do with this? It can be anything. It can be a huge thing. It can be a small thing. You know, believing for healing, but instead being faced with long-term illness or death. We believe for restoration of a relationship, but instead it could end with divorce or estrangement from the person that we want to be reconciled with. Believing for finances, but instead of getting that financial breakthrough, we struggle month after month. Depression and anxiety, but finding it unchanged finding that darkness still continuing. And the list goes on and on and on. You'll each be able to identify something in your life that you've experienced this with. So we find ourselves confused, doubting ourselves, doubting our faith, 
doubting God and questioning God. We can find ourselves bitter and angry at God and not wanting to get close to God because it's too painful. So what do we do then? What do we do? Where do we go with this kind of pain and confusion? Now, I won't pretend to have all the answers because I don't have them, but I can only share with you what I've learned and what God has shown me through my experiences, and I hope it will encourage, encourage you. The first thing I'd say is be honest. Be honest with God and be honest with yourself. I think many Christians, especially mature Christians, we kind of feel such a pressure, don't we, usually from ourselves, I'd say, to make sure that everything we say is positive and full of faith, right? This is great. We need to speak in faith. The Bible tells us to speak in faith, to stand on. But if your heart is in turmoil, yeah, if, you're, if you've got this tornado, this confused, angry, don't understand what's going on, turmoil, raging in your heart, then your prayers can start to come from a place of fear and not of faith. And I found this happening with me this year. I was terrified of what would happen. So I kept praying in desperation. And it was, you know, good prayers. They were from the Bible. I was saying scriptures from the Bible, but it's from a place of fear. It was completely from fear. It was not from faith. And God spoke to me very clearly and said, you're praying from fear. You're not praying from faith. So I had to get to a place where that could be dealt with. And that takes a lot of courage sometimes. But praise God, we have a father who gives us that courage. Right? We don't do this alone. We do not do any of this alone. So if you're struggling alone, the first thing is don't, don't, don't choose to do this alone. Yeah? We'll, we'll come on to that. It's easy to shut out the voice of God, isn't it? Because we're scared. That he'll... Have you ever found yourself praying but not sticking around long enough to listen to what God has to say? Because you, you, know, you, don't, you know you don't want to hear what he has to say. You know he's going to say something you don't like. Yeah? Where's the faith in that? They're not faith-filled prayers. So first of all, we have to be honest. Get honest with yourself. How are you feeling? What's going on? And take it before God. The Bible tells us, doesn't it? Cast your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. Remember that everything God says is, is in love. It's all in love. It's never from a place of punishment or wanting to hurt us. It's always from a place of love. And when you believe that about God, then it changes everything that you hear. And you have the grace to receive it, even if you don't want to hear it, even if it's not what you thought would be the outcome, even if it's not what you expected or wanted, it's right. And you know it's from a place, from a father who loves you. Lament. I love this word. Lament before the Lord. Yeah? Take that pain. Express it. Get it out. Be angry. Weep. Wail. Whatever you need to do, lament. Bring your pain and suffering, your questions and confusion to the Lord. Be raw and real before God. Yeah, don't try to hide how you're feeling. If you want to go deeper in a, in a relationship with a person, you have to share with them, don't you? You have to share your heart with them sometimes, or else it's a very superficial relationship. It's the same with God. God shared his heart with us, right? Don't be afraid to get raw and real before God and stop pretending that everything's okay. There's a whole book of laments in the Bible, so it's clearly all right for us to lament. <laughs> Lamentations, you read it. Sounds like a lot of moaning, but actually it's people just expressing what they need to express before God. Read the Psalms and you'll realize how absolutely okay it is to share honestly to God, right? Psalm 74, oh God, why have you cast us off forever? Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This was Jesus' prayer, wasn't it? 
Even Jesus cried out honestly to the Father. But you do not hear. This is how they feel, right? And they're not afraid to say it before God. Psalm 55, my heart is severely pained within me and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me. Very honest words. Psalm 89, how long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Will your wrath burn like fire? Lord, where is your former loving kindness? This kind of honesty brings us closer to God, doesn't it? And it allows us to get back to that place where we can hear God. It's easy to put up your guard when you're hurt and confused. You're vulnerable and you don't want to be more hurt. But our relationship with God is not like a human relationship. Getting closer to God and being vulnerable before God does not result in more pain. Yeah, God is ready, willing, waiting, wanting to heal and restore and bless us. Shutting out God will only deepen the pain and confusion. But being real before God removes the guard that you've placed up and he's able to come in and minister his love and healing what he wants to do. All of the psalmists in the scriptures I just read were able to end their psalms by saying, bless your name, O Lord. My faith is in you. My trust is in you. After that time of realness and rawness before God, they were able to say, but Lord, I bless your name. Lord, your name be praised. Lord, your will be done. Lord, your kingdom come. And they're then open to that healing. So that's my first encouragement. Be honest, be real, Don't hide from God. Don't hide from your own feelings. You know it messes you up mentally, physically, spiritually. It messes up physical friendships and relationships. It messes up your relationship with God. Get back to oneness with God, even if it means being open and vulnerable. In the middle of one of the trials this year, God told me to hold steady. I didn't hear much else from him at that time. Whether that was me not listening or not, I don't know. But those were the words, just hold steady. For me, that meant keep trusting in him, not to falter in my faith, everything for good in the end. And you know that word didn't change when the violence storm ended. It's still the same now for me. The word for me still is hold steady. Don't falter in your faith now. It's easy to get through that intense time of storm and violent, you know, everything going crazy around you, it's easy to get through that and think, oh, and then you fall apart because there's kind of, there's an intenseness in the prayer, isn't there? You can, like I said, the prayer of desperation can make you really, really get close to God at that time. But it's easy when you get this kind of disappointment to say, oh, what do I do now? The word is still hold steady. It's still to stay firm in faith. God hasn't changed. And I had to come to a place of settling within myself what I truly believed and I still believe about God. And this is my second point that I think is really important and we should all be asking ourselves. Excuse me. Is God good? Is he good? It's easy to say yes, isn't it? When you've gone through a situation where you feel like he hasn't done what you wanted, is it, can we still say, yes, God, you're good? I think if we're honest... It's a struggle sometimes to say that because we have a perception of what is good, don't we? We have have our idea of what is good and what is bad. We have our idea of an outcome that would prove God is good and we have our idea of an outcome that would prove that God is not good. But we wouldn't say that because we're holy Christians. And we also probably wouldn't verbalise that, but I think it's in there. If I believe God's good 
then he is always constantly good, despite my circumstances and feelings. These are all things I had to settle within myself, and it was a battle. It was a battle to do it, because I don't want to be someone who just says it. Yes, God's good. Oh, God's this. He's that. But actually, is it in my heart? Is it deep enough for me to, through the pain and confusion, say, yes, God, you are good? If I say God's good when my circumstances are good, then he's still good to to be. Is God sovereign? Is he truly in control? If my answer is yes, then I have to believe that he remains sovereign even when the outcome doesn't match my expectations. Do I believe that God always does what is best for me? In the words of C.S. Lewis, in a letter to Reverend Peter Bide, we are not necessarily doubting that God will do the best for us. We're wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. Yeah, the best isn't always easy. The best isn't always pain-free. But do we believe it's the best? We have to remember that God sees the end from the beginning. We don't. We see this, this slice of life. We see this picture. And even though we have our whole lives, we still really only see up to this point, don't we? We only see what we've seen in our experience up to now. But God sees the end from the beginning. He knows what's best for us because he created us. He called us by name. He set the plan for our lives. And if I really like or agree with, I'm not saying at all that he causes the pain. I'm not saying that he causes the death and the divorce and the depression and the the sickness. I'm not saying that. That's not God. But he takes us through those times of pain and he nurtures us through them and he builds us and he grows us through them. In the middle of the pain and confusion, can we say like the three Hebrew men faced with the fiery furnace, our God is able to save us, but if he doesn't, then let it be known we will not bow or worship any false God. And these are hard things, they're easy to say, right? But they're not easy for me to say at the moment. If I preached this last year, I'd be all happy and jolly and it would be from a great place. But this has come through heartache this year. So please know that I I understand, and it's not coming from a flippant place of, you know, oh, God's good, and he's great, and you should just believe it. These are hard questions. Isaiah 43 says, when you pass through the deep stormy sea, you can count on me to be there with you. This is God speaking. When you pass through the raging rivers, you will not drown. When you walk through persecution like fiery flames, you will not be burned. The flames will not harm you. That's Isaiah 43, verse 2. So is he able to be trusted? Yeah. We know that hard times will come. None of these scriptures tell us life's going to be easy. But it says he will be with us. And we will not be burned and we will not drown. And this you have to settle in yourself. Do I believe this or do I not? Because when you get to that place of truly believing it in your heart, then the healing will come. I've trusted God for financial provision before. And I've got it. I've trusted God for my children's health and they've been well. I've trusted God for jobs and positions and homes and he's provided everything I needed. So how can I not consider him able to be trusted just because I'm not able to control a situation to get my desired outcome? Just not listen? Did he abandon me? No. Multiple times in the Bible we're reassured that God never leaves us. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8, you'll all know this one. I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Don't be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen and help and uphold you. Hebrews 13, verse 5. God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So when those troubles come, we know he's with us. He's walking through them with us. But we have to settle it in our souls, in our hearts, that we believe it. The scriptures don't tell us not to fear, because everything in our lives will be perfect and happy and bright. We live in a fallen world, don't we? Sin abounds. The choices mankind has made and the actions mankind has taken have led to this world having the heartbreaking consequences of sickness, disease, famine, accidents, cheating, divorce. That's the, the nature of a fallen world. That's not God. But God has not changed, has he? Is he still powerful? This is another question. Is he still powerful and able to work miracles? Even when I've prayed and prayed and stood on the word and confessed the scripture, laid hands on the sick, believed for them to be healed and they don't get better or they even die. Is he still able to do those miracles? Well, the answer is yes, because the Bible says he is. So even if I don't feel like this is easy to believe, it is still the truth. My feelings don't have to match up with the truth for it to be the truth. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) My feelings don't have to match up with the truth for it to be the truth. My feelings are subject to change. Your feelings are subject to change. But the truth about God and his word do not change. Is God wanting to heal and comfort me in my pain? When I tell people, I'm praying for you to know God's love and comfort, do I really believe him? Yeah? Yes, I do, because the Bible says it. The infallible word of God says it. And it is so important for us to mature as Christians, to us to grow and develop in our faith. We must stand on the word of God despite our feelings, despite our experience and despite our circumstances. The best way to learn who God is and to build your faith is to strengthen yourself in the easy times. Isn't it easy just to think, oh, it's all right, I'll I'll read the Bible later. I'll spend some time on that tonight and then tonight comes and you're too tired. So you don't, don't do it. We all do it, you know, no one's perfect. But we should not be slack in prayer and Bible study when the going is easy. These are the times when you build up your spirit with faith. These are the times where you get to know the word of God and it's in your heart so that when those times of difficulties come, the word of God bubbles up. It can come out of you and then you speak the truth to yourself. When I was in Bible school, one of the, te- one of the um, teachers taught us that our spirit, soul and body were like um, positions in an army and that your spirit's communicating with the spirit of God and that spirit is the one who's in charge and charge of your soul and your body so the spirit of god speaks to your spirit and then your spirit tells your soul and your body what you're going to believe yeah so if your soul is saying um i can't do this it's too hard never be able to do this your spirit knows from the spirit of god that you can do all things through christ who strengthens you so your spirit is strong and your spirit rises up and says Come on, soul, you can do this because the Bible says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Sometimes it's a small voice, but we have to choose to listen to that. Learn to tune into that voice of the Spirit. Make it louder, louder than our soul. Build up your spirit with faith so you can endure the hard times. 
These are the times you will learn to hear the voice of God, which I'm not saying is easy, but it's the times that we learn. We learn my job on ICU. I learned straight away how to complete a full A, B, C, D, E assessment on a patient. So part of the assessment is B, which is breathing, and you listen to your patient's chest with a stethoscope to hear any abnormalities in the lungs. The nurse training me handed me a stethoscope, and she said, go and listen to the lungs of everyone you know, everyone who will let you listen to their lungs. Listen to their lungs. Your family, your friends, your colleagues, anyone, anyone who will let you listen. Because... When you know what healthy lungs sound like, you'll be able to recognize unhealthy lungs in your patient. And I believe it's like that with prayer. If we spend time in prayer listening to God, learning to hear his voice and his heart and his words, then when the enemy comes, when the devil comes with his lies and his confusion, then we will know in our spirits that's not God. That's not the voice of God. Like I know, if I hear an abnormality, I'm going to think, hmm, that's not right. If I know the truth about God, if I know who he is, his character, his will, his heart, then when I hear a voice that is not him, I'll be able to say, devil, I resist you. Get away. Yeah? Get away from me. I'm a child of the living God, and you have no authority here because you have that confidence from, from being strengthened up. And use the strength you gained when you were in the middle of the storm to sustain you when it's over, but you don't know how to process the outcome. I know that I learned so much through prayer this year. During those storms, those times of intense prayer with God, I learned so much. Why should that stop? Just because I don't feel like it anymore. Let's not be led by our feelings and emotions. Let's be led by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, by the character of God by the heart of God, because his heart is for us. Yeah? And we, you can, it may take a while, but you can come out victorious. And I'm still going through it. I don't, still don't understand. But I have settled within myself these things. God is good, despite my feelings, despite the outcome. God is sovereign, even though this wasn't what I wanted. Yeah? God is for me. God is ready to comfort me. So in closing, let me say this. We all know the song, It Is Well With My Soul, don't we? Wonderful hymn. It's been redone lots of times. Do you know the story behind these words? Do you know when and why it was written? I will tell you. They're very easy to sing, aren't they, these words, when life is good. In 1870, Horatio Gates Spafford was a happy and successful lawyer. But one year later... His four-year-old son died, and he lost all his financial security. Two years later, his wife and children crossed the ocean to Europe, where he would later join them. But on the way, their ship went down, and all four of his daughters were drowned. He saw the place where his daughters had drowned, and he went straight to his cabin. He sat down, and he wrote the song, It Is Well. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Horatio Gates Bafford had the kind of faith that I want to have. In the middle of his pain, his loss, his heartbreak, he was able to find faith and hope. He was able to truly say, and whether it was partly a faith statement, it is well, it is well, I believe it is well because God tells me it's well, or I believe it will be well because my faith is in him. Whether it was faith or whether he was truly 
in a place where he was settled because of his faith in God or whether it was both. I don't know, but he was able to find that faith and that hope. And my prayer for us, for me, for each one of you, is that in the middle of whatever in your life causes you to feel confused and disappointed, that you would find faith and hope and you're able to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Let's pray. Who gives us faith. You're the one who gives us hope. Thank you that in you we have a good God. We have a Father who loves us, cares for us, gave his everything for us, and is waiting to heal, minister to us, and draw us closer to him. Lord, I pray that you would give every person here the grace, Lord God, to go through their storms, to go through the times after the storms where they feel hurt and confused and disappointed. And Lord, I pray that you would give every person the grace to settle deep in their hearts what they believe about you. I pray that as every person here reads your word, Lord God, that it would come alive to them and that they would not see the words and your promises as hurtful and reminders of the disappointment they feel but Lord God that they would become words of life that they would become words of healing they would become words that deepen and strengthen their faith Lord God and allow them to grow and mature in use those times to help others Lord God and to encourage others thank you Lord for your love thank you for your presence and may we go away today Lord God knowing that you truly care about us and that you are good. In Jesus' name, amen.